0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words. And today I have my friend, Diane. I was so happy to have her on the show. She is a spiritual intuitive medium, and she is here to talk to with me and shares her, her experience of overcoming trauma and in that process really building confidence in her pathway so I'm so excited to have you here Diane welcome welcome please introduce yourself and let the listeners know a little bit about you
1: okay and I am so excited to be here thank you so much Um, I am Diane I am an intuitive spiritual mentor actually um technically you can call me a holy fire three reiki master teacher karuna reiki master um animal reiki practitioner um spiritual mentor i think i said that one already um tarot reader psychic medium i think we got it all in yeah oh and world peace reiki master teacher as well oh wow that's it wow You're definitely
0: well uh, in the energy work and definitely in like the metaphysical world of helping people. Um, Was this journey for you kind of something that happened through your life? Because I know you had like a traumatic childhood. We kind of talked about it before. And um, I know you know that I have suffered from very traumatic events growing up as well. So how, how did this all, how did you kind of like start with this in your life?
1: That goes way back to when I was small. Um, I saw, um, I I call it a green man. (laughs) And this green man would stand at my door in my bedroom um, when I was about to leave. He saved my life. I attributed to it that he saved my life quite a few times because I would hear things going on downstairs. We lived in a, you know, basement and a first floor and the second floor. And I would hear things going on downstairs and they didn't sound too good. And I thought, well, maybe I could help. Maybe I could go down there, fix things. I don't know. You're, you're small. You don't know what to do. And I would go to leave the room. And all of a sudden, when you're small, this, this green man appeared to me and he appeared enormous. We scared the living bejeebers out of me for one. So of course, I'm not going to try to go past him or anything. So what I would do is just like, just bury my head under the covers and just wait for things to cool down, right? He showed up a lot um, between the ages that I can remember of probably maybe three and seven. Um, So I attribute him to like kind of saving my life a few times because I would have had gone downstairs and it wouldn't have been a pleasant situation, right? So after that, I started to... um, not see a green man but feel like an energy that would put me different places or put me in a place where I would be out of harm's way for the bit um and that happened my whole life and then I started to see things like you know angels and stuff like that so I thought everybody saw angels everybody saw green men everybody did this I mean it wasn't weird to me because it was just kind of a thing I did um But then when I started to talk about it, like, oh, well, the green man was here again or something, people look at you like, what? There's a green man, you know? So then you learn to be quiet. You really learn to be quiet with everything. During this time, there was a bunch of things that were happening to me, to my body, um, from other people that were very traumatic. And I think how I kind of put it into a, a... context that I could understand is that my brain went someplace else where my body would stay. So I would kind of hover over my body a lot when the trauma was happening. So I knew something was wrong, but I didn't understand what that was. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I did not understand. Then there was a point in my life where it just kind of blocked out altogether. And the green man disappeared, the, the visions disappeared. I had nothing. So I just kind of went on with my life in my Mm twenties. Um, when I got to my thirties is when I started to revisit or these things started to come up in me and I didn't understand what they were. I thought they were dreams. I thought they were, I'm making this stuff up. Um, I thought that what I was thinking wasn't real. So it's kind of hard when you're in the trauma victim, you don't know who to go to to ask if this stuff is real or not, right? Because you can't go to your abuser or you can't go to the people who are there that you're thinking might've done something to you, but you don't quite know what it is. So my thing was, is I couldn't remember the whole scenario of everything, but I could see myself as looking down again. And that's where it started for me is like something happened to me. I can't put words to it. I can't understand what it is but I need to find out what it is. And then what happened after that is I started to hear these things like, um, this happened to you and it's real. Like I would think of something and then the voice would say, this happened and it's real, you know, or I would pray and this happened and it's real. I would always hear that phrase. This happened and it's real. The green man wasn't there, but then the voices started. Um, but they were internal voices. And I could tell the difference between my own voice and maybe mm-hmm. a voice from, you know, coming from a higher self or a higher realm. Um, and that's when I started to get in tune with my psychic gifts, because I would hear these voices and then I would start to question them. Like, what do you mean it's real? What are you talking about? I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? Um, and what they would say is that's not normal, because I thought all of that was normal. Every day thing that I remembered I thought everybody does this you know you just don't know what well, you don't know right until you know it and that's kind of where the the psychic part came into play is because I just heard these voices and I trusted in these voices so much back then um, I did do a lot of praying, and so I kind of attributed it to you know either mother Mary talking to me or somebody mm-hmm. kind of like that um was talking to me and telling me yes it's real it's valid what you're feeling is valid now it's time to get help for it mm-hmm. so that's where it all started with the psychic part the energy part didn't happen till way later and we'll get into that later but yeah the psychic it, part started probably in my 30s well as a kid but then it kind of went away and then it came back again but as voices mm-hmm. more and a little bit of vision
0: yeah and um it because I know like For me, when I was hearing you and you were saying that, you know, you were experiencing the voices, but it was almost like you could tell that they were external or they were internal and not external. So, and you trusted them too, where it didn't feel like something that was creating more trauma or more fear, which Mm -hmm. I think some people, you know, some people will say, well, to me that sounds like um medical diagnoses or something like that where of course you probably didn't want to tell people and especially people who you didn't trust even though you trusted the voices right. uh, and this was like when you were in your 20s right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
1: so when I hit my 30s is really when I really started to dive deep into the voices into the feelings because I started to feel um Like when you're around somebody that's not feeling too good, you know, the energy wise um, that started to kick in. I didn't feel good. Um, I found myself um, removing myself from a ton of situations and almost to the self of, uh, or to the point of self-isolation. And that's not healthy either. So I knew that much myself, Mm -hmm. Um, but I had to remove myself from a lot of situations that didn't feel good. So then the feelings started to come in, you know, where I could feel people's energies. I could feel what's going on, Um, but it was all internal. And you're right. The difference between the external voices, normally the external voices from um, having a child diagnosed with a mental illness Mm -hmm. that I know the external voices are not pleasant and they tell you to do harmful things. And that's not the kind of voice I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. These were always uplifting voices. You're safe. You're okay. Okay. Um, you know, we, we just have to work through this kind of thing. They were very um, soothing to me. Mm-hmm. So they weren't the voices that, um, that my daughter, so to just speak, experiences. They, that wasn't that. Right.
0: Um,
1: and I, I want to distinguish that because I'm not putting, uh, I'm not saying that, um, you know, hearing voices right. is normal or not. <laughs> I'm just saying that I kind of intuitively knew the difference between the external voice and an internal voice for me. So that's where that came in. Yeah. And then
0: when you started like your healing process, I mean, I can imagine it was very um, something that took a lot of time and probably you're still, you know, going through a healing process. Like, I feel like we're always healing. We always have reflections of the tissue, like the scar tissue, the area that the wound once was at, that that's always somewhere present in us even though we've healed in some ways Mm -hmm. um when you're going on your healing process how was it with the the self-esteem and the confidence and finding that area that really you know how how did you feel during your healing process
1: yeah it's it's interesting the body does keep score you know um I had uh, a hysterectomy in my early forties and um, I wasn't able to bear children. So I had to adopt and I never knew why, I mean, but I kind of sort of knew why, but then I didn't know why, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't have any validation and everybody had, that was a part of this passed away already. So I really didn't have anybody to verify anything, Um, but I had the hysterectomy and then my thyroid went out, so they had to um, do that nuclear thing where you kill mm-hmm. your thyroid. Um, so I do remember like vividly being choked. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember that. And to put it all into perspective, your body does keep score. And so to heal your body, to me, was I have to recognize that my body is hurting, and um, And my mind needs to be clear on the fact that something did happen. So the recognition of the fact that it did happen was huge for me, Um, Mm -hmm. that something did happen. I'm not quite sure all what happened, but I know something did. A lot of things did. Um, That to me was huge. Just to say out loud, something happened to me Mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is or how, but I know something happened. And that to me was That was probably my early forties. And that led me to such a a relief, I guess would be that I wasn't betraying myself and I was telling myself the truth um, and that I could validate myself and show myself some grace, right? Because I I felt before that I was unworthy and I was like, like dirt kind of, I felt very dirty all the time and I didn't know why. But then after I started to validate myself and yes, what you experienced is true. Um, like I said, I didn't have to really know exactly what happened, but just to show myself that grace and that love kind of led to the energy part of it, um, which presented itself at the perfect time. You know, they, <laughs> they always say right. when, <laughs> it's like, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher shows up in right. my case, when I was ready, the energy showed up. Mm -hmm. And the energy was there. Um, I was around people who studied energy and they're like, well, let's, you know, let's just play with some Reiki with you. Let's just um, do this or let's try this or let, you know, let me, I was the guinea pig for a lot of people. I'm Mm -hmm. studying this. Let me do this and this and this. And I started to feel a little bit better. I thought, wow, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends at the time, um, my pinky, this is really weird. My to think about it but my pinky started to tingle mm-hmm. and she said I bet you you have Reiki and I'm like whoa hang on stop <laughs> I bet you have Reiki <laughs> just because I, I got a that energy girl you need to let it out right <laughs> just because my pinky's tingling does not mean I have Reiki okay just saying <laughs> so she started to say I bet you have Reiki I bet you have Reiki I'm like no I don't and literally I, I remember telling her I don't have the patience to stand over somebody for an hour, hold my hands out, and help them on their journey. I don't have the patience for that. I just don't. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, I started studying tarot um, because it just fascinated me. The cards did, the imagery, the the focus, the whatever it was about those cards, they just called me. So this is going to really date me now, but I was at a library. And I was in the metaphysical section, which is very, very small in the library. Uh And this book literally fell off the shelf, fell on the floor in front of me. I'm like, okay, what's this? So I pick it up and it's this book. And I said, I started reading it. Uh Uh-oh. So I was at the library and this book fell off the shelf and I thought, well, that's weird. So I picked it up and I started reading it. It was the story of my life. All the clairs were in there. Reiki energy was in there. Um, tarot readings were in there. psychic abilities, you know, mediumship, anything you want to know about anything. This was like my life story, seeing green men. I didn't really say seeing green men, but seeing things that protect you. Um, so I just kept checking that book out over and over and over again until I studied it finally I bought the book <laughs> but in the, meantime, in the meantime I kept going to the library and, and picking this book up um that started me on my path to being so-called psychic um because I started studying all the clairs and in the book it says to take one clair at a time It says to learn how to protect yourself, learn your guides, learn where your guidance comes from, you know, all the basics from just Mm -hmm. being to protecting, to focusing, to sharing, to, you know, but taking one thing at a time, one step at a time. And I find that to be very helpful. And that's what I teach my clients as well is all this is happening. I understand that, but let's just hone in on one thing, get that down and then focus on the next. So then I started studying tarot a lot because tarot to me was um, these messages that were receiving were for me. And that's unusual because tarot readers say they can't read for themselves. And I can't now either. I just, it makes a total mess of it. But at the time they were giving me messages. And then I started the automatic writing. So then I found out who the automatic writing was from. And it was from Metatron. I had no idea who that was. So then I started starting Metatron and I started studying sacred geometry and I started studying, you know, who Metatron is, who his brother is, how this relates to everything. Um, after that, I started just to practice tarot and how to read people and how to, you know, focus on that for a bit. And then from there, I got the jobs and, mm-hmm. and did that. But in the meantime, I was, it's weird to say, but I was kind of blowing my own mind, you know, but <laughs> You know what what I mean? Because you learn this stuff and you're like, whoa, that is the coolest thing ever, right? Or, oh my gosh. So every day was an oh my gosh moment for, I'd say probably four years maybe, um, of just learning and studying and focusing and and, um, just being. I mean, that was the most important thing to me was just to be and to be quiet and to not isolate, but just to be quiet so I could hear my own thoughts. I could hear what was coming to me. I could decipher what was happening. Um, I could get my own messages. And then I got the validation on the abuse Mm -hmm. through all that. So then it was all validated for me through all the things that I was doing and the things I was picking up. And it all came together, like in my fifties, it all came together in one point where I said, okay, I can do this for myself. Now I did have therapy. I did, I was in therapy for five years, talk therapy. Um, That helped a lot for me as well. But then the healing process started when I started to heal myself, but it took the recognition of the fact that there's something different about me. Mm -hmm. Not everybody goes through what I go through. And um, I'm not going to compare myself to another person who has been abused, right? No, we're not going to do that. Um, But we're going to learn how to work with what I have and how to be gentle on myself and heal myself. And that's where the abilities came in. I think strong, strong, strong is because they kind of told me and guided me on what to do. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a gift. I mean, I, I just, I tell everybody that to this day, like I was, I was, I was in my fifties when mm-hmm. all that happened. So it's never too late. I yeah. guess is another thing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's never too late to start like your healing process to start your journey of finding new energy or center that feels like good to you and feels somewhere that you can feel that release and you can also receive. Um, So when you like finally accepted, like, yes, I'm a healer and I am in this area and I came from this area of trauma, but I'm actually here to help and heal other people you know as i'm sure people helped and healed you through this process as well how how did you start to build the confidence like to actually get out there because you were already in your 50s you were already kind of like you know started a, a a life path that some some people you know maybe started years before so how did you kind of get yourself out there and put yourself in this area
1: that, you know, when they say follow the breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. that's literally what it was. I was following, I trusted so much in these breadcrumbs by that time that it just guided me to places where I needed to be. And I wasn't afraid. Um, a lot of people, you know, well, weren't you afraid to do this? Weren't you afraid to do that? I wouldn't call it being afraid because I've been through the fearful parts, You know, I revisited the fearful parts and they were scary. So I know what scary is, but I thought if I can make it through that, then this is not so scary, right? It's just a new thing I have to maybe learn, or maybe I already know. I don't know. I just need the validation of somebody else to figure it out. And that's where I got the confidence from is inside of me. I knew that I've been through scary Mm -hmm. and I knew that I had been through whatever you want to call it um but the confidence came as i survived that mm-hmm. right i i i'm alive i'm here um my focus totally changed my whole life mm-hmm. so that's where the confidence came from was inside that i trusted so much in my guidance and and i literally did i trusted so much in my guidance that it gave me the confidence to move forward into whatever i wanted to do and i was on the downhill you know i was on retirement path. Here we go. We're done. (laughs) And all of a sudden we're starting this career in, in this field that nobody knows nothing about. And Mm -hmm. it seems kind of, woohoo. but, um, Mm -hmm. I went for a reading on my birthday. It was, uh, like my, I don't know, maybe my 50th birthday. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And, um, the psyche says, you know, you're very gifted. And I said, well, I don't know what to call it, but okay. And she said, You read tarot. And I said, Yeah, I do. She said, Do you want a job? And I looked at her like, I'm here for a reading for my birthday. And, and you're asking me if I want a job. I'm getting ready to retire here. And I don't know. She said, Well, come in on Tuesday and read for some of my staff. And I thought, okie dokie so this is kind of happening right um the confidence to do that I don't know how to describe it but just the fact I walk in the door and I knew that what I knew was enough and that's built my confidence enough to go in that door to begin with right? right and then I did like five readings I think for different people different psychics in there and I got hired and the story goes on from there but The confidence to do it came from inside. It came from being prayerful. Um, And I, and I'm not saying that just like a thing, but for me, it was very important my whole life to be of prayer. Um, And then the metamorphosis I did throughout my life, like I'm not the person I was 20 years ago or 10 years ago, or even five years ago, um, that confidence builds to the point where you just trust. Uh And you trust in yourself so much that I think the confidence comes naturally. I'm not quite sure how Mm -hmm. else to describe that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think like with me too, like when I was like, okay, I'm going to start talking because I thought about like, am I going to start talking about tarot? Am I going to start bringing that in? Like astrology was always kind of easy for me because everybody it want, wants to know their horoscope or everybody wants to what is this zodiac? you know what does this mean, or you know, but when I brought in like the tarot, I remember I was like, okay, this you know because i I had to hear you know from my from my dad who he just likes to talk smack, you know and <laughs> and you know he would always have something critical to say or something smart ass to say, and I remember I was like, do I have the confidence to be like I read tarot like, you you know, to really get it out there and not really care what anybody else thought, you know, what anybody else had to say. And um, it, it, it's something that I think because with my journey, it, you know, it was something that I think people knew, like I always got, you know, well, she really likes like witchy stuff or she really likes, you know, like I used to make witches hats. So she, oh. she, she yeah, she, you know, it kind of was always something that people knew, you know, like, oh, she, she really likes, you know, the witchy stuff, the spooky stuff, but then it's like, yeah, okay. She's actually <laughs> a little different, you know, so okay. <laughs> a little bit different, you know,
1: I remember the first person, I was so excited to get this job. And I remember the first person I told was the wrong, wrong person to tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, they started quoting Bible verses and, and, and all these things to me. And I'm like, looking at them, like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, I know where these messages come from, right? I'm very confident in these messages. I practiced over and over and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't know this stuff just out of the blue. I just can't yeah you can't make this shit up sometimes right but you you can't yeah (laughs) you can't
0: it's like I wish I was making this up I would be freaking so smart (laughs) if I was
1: (laughs) but you can't it's just like I can't make this stuff up so the confidence came in that too just reading people over and over and over again but then I could have went the other way too when I told this one person and she's like you know whoa and um started to really read me the riot act there and I can go into how I fixed all that but um it was fine it was yeah. totally fine
0: yeah and
1: I just you know I decided I I wanted to talk to people I needed to talk to um I got it all right with with my guidance um mm-hmm. we're done so that gave me the confidence to talking to those people and I think that right. woman was my life to have me talk to these other people, right. To give me the confidence to say, yes, you're doing okay. Yes. It's fine. What you're doing is great. Keep doing it. You know, if you're helping people, that's brilliant. Um, and I never want to give people my advice either because I have a higher place to go for that. Yeah. And their advice is like brilliant. So I couldn't even make that up if I tried. So,
0: right. Yeah. Right. How, how do you separate, your trauma from other people's like how did you when you got into the area of healing and you said like you didn't want to necessarily like give your opinion or give your your um trauma in comparisons like you didn't want you know obviously we don't want to trauma dump or like compare our story versus somebody else's story How do you separate the two when you like get home or when you're done for the day? And now it's time for you to separate from that.
1: Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I learned that really early on in my healing journey and my training is to separate your energy right away. Um, I tell my students, uh, I'm a beacon for energy because that's what we are, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're all energy beings and we all want to transfer energy back and forth. And other people think it's cool for me, I don't. (laughs) So (laughs) I kind of like learned early on the boundaries of where energy goes and where it stops. So if I'm trying to um, be that clear channel that I want to be for energy, I can't let anything come in the way between the channel, the clarity of it, and the focus of helping another on their journey. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I learned very quickly to so I learned early on to separate my energy from another and that came from that first okay actually um to learn self, I become that hollow bone do we pause again are we good no no we're good I want to be that hollow bone I want to be the channel so literally what I do now and um this is a technique I teach my my students as well is I put my ego on a shelf I picture my ego as a football. So I take this football, I put it on a shelf. Now I'm this clear conduit for whatever energy that I'm channeling to go to the client, right? Now on the client's end, they're going to feel hot, cold, whatever they're doing. Um, I have no control over that. That's Reiki's business, not mine. Um, And then when they, you know, tear up or start talking or release, you know, whatever they got to release, um, I'll see it, I'll feel it, I'll release it um but it's not me doing it it's it's the energy mostly Mm -hmm. and I send it to the flame to be transmuted and we have all these things that we do with the energy to get rid of it right but my first experience with that I I remember I was a level two practitioner in like four Reiki's ago four lineages ago and um she just curled up into a ball and just started crying Mm -hmm. and for the whole session that's what she did and I just remember thinking to myself I need to let this happen I can't I can't get involved I can't feel it because that would be too detrimental to me so I think I set boundaries really really early on in my healing journey for others that this is them releasing I am the space holder I am the one to make the space clear enough so that they feel comfortable enough to go ahead and release whatever they're releasing. And it's not my business what they're releasing either. I don't don't really go into what it is. Mm -hmm. You got to release it. You just feel free to go ahead and do that. I will clean it up later. I always tell people, I'll clean it up later. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I send it all to the flame and clear the room out again and get ready for the next client. But there is this boundary that I have for myself is, you know, you only can get so close energetically. And I think like my guidance takes over and kind of protects me that way. After a session or after a reading or after whatever, um, I'll clear myself up. There's ways to do that in Reiki and also psychically um, so that I don't remember anything anyway. So Uh it's not, that's a gift. I think not many people call it a gift. I do Uh because I don't remember anything. I don't. If you Uh came in last week for a reading with me and you're here this week, I don't remember the reading. They'll say, well, you told me this and this and this. I said, did it work? you know, I mean, I yeah. make a joke of it. Like, yeah. You know, how was that reading or how was that session? Whatever. Was it okay? Did it work out? Cause I don't remember. And
0: they mm-hmm. look
1: at me like, well, you just saw me last week. I'm like, yeah, but I still don't remember. And that's a gift that I think somebody gave me and I'm sticking with it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't remember. And I, that's another thing with comparison. I mean, I can't compare to what they're going through and I don't, I'm not a therapist. So I'm not going to pretend to be one, mm-hmm. but I can help them feel comfortable enough to release what they need to release or incorporate what they need to incorporate and make them feel okay when they leave. And I make sure they're okay when they leave. And then I take myself back, put myself back together and we're ready to rock and roll again. Right. I hope that made sense.
0: Yeah, it did. It's, it's, I mean, I, it is definitely a process. Like, you know, you have to clear your area especially after receiving so much energy, there's been a few times where I've just done um, readings or I've done even just sound energy with other people. And I've received a lot of that energy where it's like, you're literally exhausted. (laughs) And sometimes it's like, you have to clear that energy and make space to go about your day and really have that release where it doesn't um kind of invade your piece, you know what yep. I mean? so that's that's amazing that you're able to separate it and you don't get hung up on the how come they had to release that or what happened to them or you know how come sh- you know they were crying you know it's like sometimes we don't need to hear everybody's story
1: yeah you know yeah. So, and, and they yeah, so. you know they just re- they release it I get rid of it um that's it. And it's, it's funny. We're on this subject because I think it was two days ago, I was off work and I actually went to the grocery store for the first time in a very long time because my husband's retired now. So he's kind of doing that whole thing, Um, which is fine with me, but I'm like, let me just go to the grocery store. So I went to grocery store. did some errands. I took myself to lunch. I did all Mm -hmm. these things and I came back and I was so happy that day. He said, "What is wrong with you? Not that I'm not happy, but like right. I was like in a different happy." Yeah, and I said, "I did normal things today," and he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I went to the grocery store, went to the gas station, <laughs> I went to the drugstore. You know, I did this, I did that. Those are normal things to do. When I come to work, that's not a normal thing that we do, right? I mean, it is normal for me, but um, hey. for most people, it's not like a really." normal thing yeah um, I said I did normal things today and it was so fun and yeah like oh my gosh good thing I've been married to you for so long because that would be like a weird thing to say if it wasn't you so yeah yeah
0: right it's like most people don't really do energy work you know it's kind of that for a while I was thinking does everybody do it but then I realized well it feels like everybody does it because I'm in this space where I am surrounded by people who are in the same area as me, like in, and I feel like people who are in this, you know, community or in this section, we tend to like find each other or get centered with each other. And then I'm like, wow, everybody is on this spiritual journey as well. And they're helping each other. And then I realized, no, 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 no. It's just because you surround yourself with people who like tarot, with people who are in astrology, with Reiki masters. So that's why it feels like everybody's, but really
1: most people don't know what the heck you're talking about. I know, right? (laughs) They don't. And that's kind of like, I think I have it on one of my bios somewhere, but like my mission in life (laughs) now, um, since I'm older is to get this stuff out of the psychic shop, so to speak, and into mainstream, because a lot of people pick up energy. A lot of people are impasse. A lot of people are this, a lot of people are that, a lot of people are clairvoyant. Um, you know, a lot of people are energy healers, except it's their chi energy, not Reiki energy. Um, And my goal now is to bring it out of the psychic shop and Mm -hmm. into more mainstream. So people don't have to suffer as much as they do when they have gifts and people Mm -hmm. do suffer because I'm an empath and I can't do this. Yeah, you can, Mm -hmm. you so can, you can, this is fun. This is Mm -hmm. supposed to be fun, right? Right. We we make it. And I get that because it does hurt. I get it. I'm not saying it's, it doesn't hurt because it does, um, and you know, when you're when you get your downloads and when you're getting your epiphanies and all this stuff, it's you're like, whoa, what the heck's going on? I get all that part. Um right. my kundalini opened, I'm like, what is going on there? Yeah. I understand yeah. all that, but now I'm to the point where let's have fun with this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's understand it. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's not weird, mm-hmm. it's just a thing, you know. We either incorporated into our life or we say no it, it's yeah. simple as that really no um but we don't have to be miserable this stuff is fun mm-hmm. and I want to have fun with it now I really do yeah. I want to have yeah. fun and I want everybody else to have fun too so right that's, that's amazing that's amazing what
0: before I just want to thank you for coming on this has been so much fun what what tips would you give somebody who is starting their healing process and they want to maintain confidence to continue this healing journey because the healing journey and the the shadowy area always is the area that kind of like I feel like is the area where people will start and then they'll say oh this feels so uncomfortable let me stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what tips could you give them
1: yes it is uncomfortable when you start your healing journey, it is uncomfortable. Um, But remember what you've been through, sort of, right? I don't want you to relive everything, but remember where you came from, right? Remember, I've been through this. You don't have to be really specific, but I have been through, excuse the expression, hell and high water. And I've made it to this point. Now it's time to show myself some grace. And maybe this energy thing is not A bad way to go. The healing journey is tough. I'm not going to say it's easy because sometimes it does bring up things that we need to clear, right? We need to be this clear channel. But in the process, we're getting so much more than we're releasing that it brings the confidence back to us that we can make another day. Mm -hmm. We can do another day. And the next day is going to be brighter than today Mm -hmm. because we healed this yesterday or this came up yesterday and we didn't have to even. Think about it, we just sent it Reiki or whatever we did to it, and it's gone. So it makes it so much easier to flow through the process of healing. But it is still a process. I get that. A lot of people take a Reiki one class and they're done. They're like, this is too hard. I understand that. And that's okay. When you're ready, you'll be back or not. It's it doesn't matter. You know, it's up Mm -hmm. to you. It's your free will. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never judge people either if they don't want to come back or if they don't understand or whatever, that's okay too. It's a different journey for them, right? And Reiki might not be it. Tarot might not be it. Um, something else will show up for them and I hope they take it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say, well, because they did Reiki, then, you know, da 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 whatever. No, it's just not their path. Right. But for me, Reiki was the path. Energy healing was the path. Psychic things were the path. And I found that it was so much easier with those things to get through the unpleasantness of what I had to deal with inside mm-hmm. it just made it a lot easier for me yeah and that's where the confidence came is I know how hard it is but I know how easy it is too
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: well thank you so much for coming on chakras and Cusswords, words and please let everybody know where would be the best way to connect with you
1: Okay, so the best way to connect with me is uh, go to the website. It's uh, wickandcandlemetaphysical.com. Um, there you will find a list of all our services. We do offer distant things. So if you're not in the state of Michigan, which I am, um, we do offer phone readings, uh, distant Reiki healings. Um, I, also, I offer classes on Zoom for Reiki. So you don't even have to be in the state or the country um so just go to wickandcandlemetaphysical.com you'll find out all the links there all the descriptions are there of whatever you need for your metaphysical needs if you're in Michigan and if not all of your other needs as well
0: <laughs> thank you so much Diane it was a pleasure having you in and as always everything where you get a hold of Diane will be in the show notes. So you just click on those uh, websites and get connected. And thank you, everybody. Please comment, like and subscribe to Chakras and Cuss and have an amazing day. Bye.